I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. The Kakadu Plum is an Australian native superfood containing 100 times more vitamin C than oranges. So why have you never heard of it? PR. No one's drinking a Kakadu smoothie? I'm JB Smooth, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a gagillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit at and slash hypergig with details. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Oh, wait, we can't clear that song. Oh, no. <laughs> that, can't have that I one. bet. I don't know how that works. We're going to get sued. Yeah, I think. Is it like two seconds? Uh, it's it's bars, I want to say. Oh, that makes sense. 16 measures. Sure. All right. Hey. Hey. How's it going, everyone? Thanks for tuning in. If you're listening to this podcast, you are our crush for the day. I'm Diana. And I'm Eli. We're so excited. We've got some really fun stories about the dating game. Hey there, friends, come listen well. Eli and Diana got some stories to tell. There's no matchmaking or romantic tips. It's just about ridiculous relationships. A lover might be any type of person at all. An abstract concept or a concrete wall. But if there's a story worth a second glance, we'll put it in a show, Ridiculous Romance. A production of iHeartRadio. The Dating Game, if you're unfamiliar with it, it was a huge show in the 60s and 70s, even came back in the 80s. It's come back in different iterations over the years. It's really the precursor to even shows that we have today, like The Bachelor or my favorite reality show I ever watched, first and only, was Flavor of Love. (sighs) Ah, I miss hoops. (laughs) 
I did. I watched every episode of the first season of that. I loved it. And then I never went back to reality romance competition shows again. I tried. I, I, I don't watch them myself. But I couldn't. It just, they peaked immediately with Flavor <laughs> of Love. But the dating game was this crazy thing that came out of the early 60s. The creator, Chuck Barris, he started the show in 1965. There was a whole new kind of attitude about dating going on in the early 60s. There was a book in 1962 that came out called Sex and the Single Girl by Helen Gurley Brown. And Ooh. yeah, it, it, it sparked this whole attitude about casual dating and especially how women could date without there being this looming cloud of marriage over everything. It wasn't all about like, I have to date the guy that I'm going to marry. It kind of thing it was just like, hey, people can date people. We can have fun with this. This is what we want to do. And if the book came out today, it'd be called Hot Girl Summer or <laughs> Hoenn Season. <laughs> That's when I was, you know, hoeing around. <laughs> they didn't, uh, that wouldn't have flown in 1962. I don't think that one. They were feeling loose, but not that loose. They were stepping into it. This was a new world. It was a new time. So the dating game was pitched as this idea for a new show. The setup is that there's one person, either a man or a woman, uh, and then there's three members of, well, in the dating game, I'm pretty sure it was always the opposite uh, sex. Always. Uh, I'm pretty sure you could bet on that. Yeah. So. <laughs> Those three people would not, and the contestant would not see each other. The single contestant would ask questions, and the three other contestants would have to answer them one by one, and then the single person would pick one of them for their date. So with this whole new cultural attitude, this idea about uh, just a, a simple date, and it was kind of set up where the woman was making the decision, and this was seen as a majorly progressive and cool and forward-thinking idea at the time. Uh, the Sadie Hawkins dance. Yeah. Of, yeah. Now, if you watch the show, that's not the impression that you're necessarily going to get because these dudes were very often very creepy. And this poor girl. <laughs> She's like, is there an option D, none of the above? You know. And there wasn't. There was not. <laughs> so she had to pick. Led to some interesting winners over the years. This was a new show. It was cheap. It was a total alternative to other game shows because they weren't giving out cars and big, huge prizes. I mean, Jeopardy and Price is Right were both airing at this time. And this idea was like, what do we got to pay for? A date? And the audience loved watching it because they loved this looking for love idea. They want to see if it works out. Everybody loves that. It was a hit. Immediately takes off. Chuck Barris, he comes up with this idea to bring in celebrities. And some people who came on the show were soon to be celebrities. This was a good idea for exposure for them. Yeah, they would like be actors and they were specifically trying to be noticed by going on the dating game and being funny or being, I don't know, zany or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, just whatever no, their or, brand or, or is. Or sexy, like whatever. <laughs> or sexy, I guess. You know, they just wanted to get on camera and have people notice them. they like, check me out. I look good. Hire me for other jobs. The draw of television, not just for celebrities, though. Other people seeking a different kind of fame come on the show. A one famous episode of The Dating Game in 1978 was with serial killer Rodney Alcala. Super creepy. This guy, already he had killed two people in New York in 1971 and 1977. And then in 1978, he goes on The Dating Game. And in 1979, he killed five more people in California. They, they don't even know how many people he killed in total. He admitted to some. I think I saw it was it could have be as high as 130. I mean, what do you want to bet he went on the dating game to like find a girl? Oh, absolutely. To... He did win, by the way. <laughs> he won the date. Yes. <laughs> Can I'm you? Not... What's his? <laughs> and we have bachelor number one is Derek from Wisconsin. He's a wallpaper artist, oh. and he likes nachos. Hey, hey, everyone! How's it going? I love nachos. 
And bachelor number two is Rodney from California. He's a real overachiever. He's killed 33 women so far. Isn't that right, Rodney? <laughs> what can I say? I'm a motivated guy, you know? My motto's always been, if you do what you love, you never work a day in your life. Whew. Oh, Rodney. You gotta watch this episode. It is out on YouTube. He's so scary. He is a creepy guy. He's got dead eyes. Legit. And, no surprise here, the woman who selected him, he won. He was a little charming. Of course, he had it on his side that the other two sucked. I was about to say, she didn't. She was one of those that would have been like, I mean, can I go again? Right. <laughs> Do you have three more in the back somewhere? Bring out the next three. <laughs> three more bachelors milling about that I can interview instead. We, surely you guys just have a field full of these guys. <laughs> Free range. <laughs> the bachelor pad. Yeah, paddock. <laughs> the bachelor paddock. Yes, that's the word I was looking for. But unfortunately, the bachelor paddock was empty and she selected Rodney as the winner. Yeah. But quite possibly saving her own life, she did not show up for the date. She got a creepy vibe and didn't go. Smart yeah. lady. Smart yeah. lady. Instincts kicking in. Incredibly smart. He was like, here's a dozen red flags. And she was like, no, thank you. <laughs> thank you for these dozen red flags. <laughs> little bouquet of red flags. They smell great, but no. I'm going to throw them in the trash <laughs> and lock my doors. I don't. And get a bunch of security cameras. Not a fan. But it wasn't just serial killers and idiots on the dating game. <laughs> and idiots. There was also a bunch of celebrity idiots. <laughs> Harsh. I mean, th over the years the dating game was on, it was many years, you had David Cassidy, Cuba Gooding Jr., Ron Howard, uh, Michael Jackson was a contestant on the show, which how do you not know? Okay, Yeah, so, how can you hear his voice and go, that's Michael Jackson? There's a man behind the wall. Okay, uh, contestant number two is Michael. He's a singer from a large family. Why don't you introduce yourself, Michael? Hey. <laughs> how is she not like, is that Michael Jackson? <laughs> I'm off the wall. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, you had Andy Kaufman, Peggy Lipton, John Ritter, Vincent Price, another one. And bachelor number two is Vincent from St. Louis, Missouri, an actor. Say hi to him, Vincent. Hello. You get the idea. She's going to be like, is that Vincent Price? But among the craziest stories, 19-year-old Kramer himself, Michael Richards, was a contestant. Yep. According to Ranker.com, he answered all of his questions in an animated and odd manner, including a long, incomprehensible rant about bees and the queen bee saying, hi, and I love you, petal. Anyway, he lost. <laughs> yeah, he was not picked. <laughs> but one of the craziest stories in 1973... A young man who'd only been in this country for five years. <laughs> He'd only had one movie called Hercules in New York, Mr. Arnold Schwarzenegger. And he was the single bachelor trying to find a date on the dating game. We did watch his episode. And these are uh, real quotes from this episode, not jokes that we made up. Well, Arnold comes in and he says, I, I've only been in this country for five years. He literally asks, what does it mean, hanky panky? Right. And and the and they all they try to answer. One of the contestants is a Playboy bunny. That's right. She was a Playboy bunny and she was the one who was being asked. And I guess all the, all of them though seem to have an issue with figuring out how to explain what hanky panky is without being dirty. And so she just said, "Well, we're going to have to spend a little time with you." <laughs> Oh, 
And they, they, yeah, they all flub their way through this line. They can't figure out how to say it. And contestant number one gives this like, when two people love each other very much and, and they're, they're attracted and to goes, each other. And Arnold goes, oh, okay, sex. Right. He's just like. <laughs> so great. That was yeah. just his, an Austrian going, oh, America. You cannot talk about sex. It is sex. Puritans. I don't know. <laughs> Puritans. I don't know how to do it, Arnold. <laughs> Don't apologize for your... <laughs> They're so bad, though. <laughs> I can't help it. This is part of the sort of veiled innuendo that was always happening on the dating game. In fact, they had a problem with this when the show first started in 1965. Uh, Chuck Barris did all these, these tapings of the first few episodes. And he said the men and the women both were so grotesque and vulgar and profane in all of their answers, they couldn't air it. They, I mean, this wasn't even just innuendo. These were like, this. their language was totally inappropriate for television. So he didn't know what to do. He called one of his friends who was an actor and he said, you're going to dress up like a detective. This guy put on a raincoat and a fedora and he goes back into the dressing room before the show and he tells everyone in there, hey, if you are too profane or obscene or if any of your innuendos are too easily decoded, it's an FCC violation and you'll be fined and could get jail time. And they never had a problem again. And it cleaned up the whole show. They do toe the line a little bit, but yeah. it's mostly like people stuttering to try to explain to Arnold Schwarzenegger what hanky-panky <laughs> is. Well, and they relaxed that over time, didn't they? Well, when the show came back in the late 70s, going into the 80s version of the show, it was a new showrunner. And they actually pushed for it. They wanted more innuendo. They wanted it to get raunchier. Mm. And it did. And, it, and you know what? The show didn't do as well. Hey, listen to that. You know Sex sells, but... Not, not too much sex. No, and it's dumb. These people just aren't. The problem is these people aren't clever. Well, just look at the look at the pool of people you're choosing from for the dating game. That's true. They're not that funny. Well, there's every once in a while you get your Bob Saggots, but um, you know, and and Tom Selleck who lost twice. The mustache himself, Tom Selleck. He said he was so nervous that his top lip stuck to his gums, like his mouth was so dry. Oh, no, he's like, oh. poor Tom. <laughs> He did all right. You know, it worked out okay for him. Yeah, I'm not, don't feel too bad about Tom Selleck. Okay, but possibly the most interesting story and the main story we want to get to today uh, is this incredible three-time appearance by Steve Martin. Comedy legend. And we'll get to his story right after this. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought... In that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of. A degree that employers will trust and respect. 
Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. I bet you're smart. Yeah, and you like to hold your own in the group chat. We can help you drop even more knowledge. My name is Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Izadi. We host a daily news podcast called Post Reports. Every weekday afternoon, Post Reports takes you inside an important and interesting story with the kind of reporting that you can only get from The Washington Post. You can listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. Go find it now and hit follow. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And we're back talking about the dating game and legendary contestant Steve Martin. Absolute legend. One of the funniest guys ever. He was on the dating game three times before he was famous. So he comes on the show just as a regular contestant one time. It's a pretty standard show. There's not really a lot of information about it. Just that he won a trip to... He won a trip to see Wayne Newton at Melodyland in Anaheim, California. This was the kind of stuff that the dating game was given out. There was a point at which the dating game was so popular, it went from a daytime show up into primetime, and they enhanced all their prizes. They started sending people overseas. They had to send a chaperone from the show because, of course, like the parents of these young women especially didn't want their daughters going overseas with a stranger. I feel like they the met on a women game probably show. weren't too into that idea either. Oh, no, I'm sure. There's a Mental Floss article all about Chuck Barris. It's really cool. That cites the parents really complaining about that, and that's sort of being how Chuck set up the chaperone idea. But what it did was, yeah, it created all these cool new prizes. So Steve Martin goes back on the show in 1968. At this point, he's a writer for a show called The Smothers Brothers Comedy Hour. Love The Smothers Brothers. I grew up listening to The Smothers Brothers. Nobody else around here did. I don't think. No, we didn't. But my mom had, you know, a Dr. Demento CD and mm-hmm. that had some Smothers Brothers on it and stuff like that. And Steve Martin was a, was hired as a writer for them. So he had a little bit of clout coming into this and he knew the producers. And one of the things Chuck Barris had opted to do was to just sprinkle in people from the contestants past. So you might have a surprise guest bachelor that you're picking that you didn't know you know who they are, but then it's revealed that you did. For example, Groucho Marx went on the show to prank his daughter who was the the girl on the show and he went in as a contestant as a joke um and she of course she didn't know it until the reveal she picked him i don't think she picked him no okay i was about to say she, <laughs> that would be so she probably was like that's my dad but you know if she, if she had picked him they would have been like and a girl always wants to marry her father well so steve martin goes to the producers and he's like hey there's this girl that i'm friends with uh that would be a really great contestant for the show she won't know anything about it her name was Marsha Walker. She was the sister of Steve Martin's childhood best friend. Morris Walker. Morris Walker. So he convinces the producers to bring this girl on the show. 
But here's the trick. Marsha Walker did know about Steve. Oh, yeah. The two of them had planned this from day one. They collaborated on questions and answers that they thought would be funny and would get a big reaction from the audience or whatever. And I think they just wanted to win the trip, don't you think? Oh, yeah. There's a book by Morris Walker about the life of Steve Martin. It's called Steve Martin, The Magic Years. And he said, this is a great opportunity for a professional comedy writer like Steve to write some great material. So the two of them got together and came up with these hilarious questions and answers. So, yeah, not only was it an opportunity for them to swindle their way into this trip together, mm-hmm. but they also got he got some comedy writing experience out of it. It's really hard to find this episode. It seems to have been scrubbed from the Internet. And it was funny stuff. You know, he lucked out because, as with, again, 86 percent of dating game contestants, the other two guys sucked. Boring. So, of course, at the end of the show, she ends up picking him, but she would have picked him anyway. The other guys sucked. Right. True. So together. They win this trip to go to Tijuana, Mexico to watch the bullfights. Romantic. So intimate. In Morris Walker's book, he says that he spoke to his sister about it and they went to this bullfight and there was this horrible goring they saw. It was like, I I can't imagine that being a good date. If that gets you turned on, I think I'd be very worried. (laughs) Be one of those dozen red flag bouquets. But they had a plan. again. They busted out of that bullfight and went to go <laughs> turn things around, and they went to see a porno in a movie theater. Hey, what's a date without a porno movie at the end? Hey, that bullfight really turned me off. What do you want to do? Let's go see a porn movie and see if we can't spark things up again. At the time, I guess you had to go to Mexico to see a porn. But, you did. It wasn't but, uh... <laughs> something. They didn't have it in theaters in America at that point. You but... think that was sanctioned by the show, though? That they were like, we want to tell everyone that on the dating game, you get to go to Mexico and watch a pornographic film together. (laughs) So on this trip, Marsha told her brother that it inspired Steve Martin to write The Three Amigos. So because Steve Martin duped the dating game, we got The Three Amigos. I also learned that he learned most of his lasso tricks that he uses in Three Amigos at his first job in Disneyland. So yeah, a lot of things came together for Three Amigos to happen. Uh, a lot of things came together on this trip, too, didn't yeah, they? Yeah, they did. <laughs> so, of course, my question was, did Marsha and Steve have a thing? And I don't think they did before this, but they certainly did during this, because Marsha told Morris, and he wrote about it in his book, the evening took an amorous turn, and that Steve Martin's performance between the sheets was as entertaining and fulfilling as his wild and crazy performance in front of the curtain. Only without the white suit. <laughs> Ooh, Steve. Ooh, Steve. You know, I, I'm not surprised to hear that Steve Martin would be good in bed. Do you think? Oh, no, not I think he'd be at all. good in bed. I'm sure he's very generous. I think so. He's quoted in a Playboy interview as being a little self-conscious about it. Like he didn't want to do, he didn't feel like he could do sex scenes on screen because he felt like he got this uh, from Bernadette Peters. Yeah. That uh, she told him, she's like, if I take my blouse off in a movie, suddenly I'm not the character anymore. I'm just Bernadette Peters with my blouse off. And he said the same thing about himself. He's like, if I'm doing a sex scene, like a real passionate sex scene, people aren't going to see the character anymore. They're just going to see Steve Martin naked. Mm-hmm. So he he always said that he felt like he would do it in service to the character in a movie that worked, but he just wasn't in those kinds of movies. Yeah. Yeah. And he didn't like particularly gravitate to that kind of role anyway. Yeah. Like even in the movies he wrote for himself, he didn't write. His love scenes were pretty subtle, I think. No, he was saving it for the real thing. He was trying to save it up for Marsha. Uh-huh. 
So that was how Steve Martin and Marsha Walker duped the dating game into a long trip. Free trip to Mexico. Pretty sweet. And you'd think that they would have caught wind of that and said, ah, well, uh, no more, Steve Martin. Wagging our finger at you. (laughs) And yet, in 1970, Steve Martin returned as a competitor on the dating game. This wasn't a setup. Uh, He didn't know the contestant. The contestant, in fact, was Dina Martin, daughter of Dean Martin. No relation to Steve Martin. So once again, he was pitted from... Two lame losers from Sucktown <laughs> and absolutely crushed the whole game and got picked as the winner. This episode is available online and it's worth it's worth watching. It's funny. You know, Steve Martin's doing his thing. A young Steve Martin, very handsome, oh, by the God. way. Adorable. He's got a Harrison Ford thing going on. Oh, yeah. Sharp He's, features, great hair. Big smile. Paul, very charming. Very funny. And yeah, I was like, it makes perfect sense that he would win, especially because it's not like he had, like you're saying, vigorous competition. But even if he did... I think he'd stand out. This episode, Steve Martin is up against this ski jock and this like this nerd uh, as 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 fashion number three, who was probably second place, a distant second place. I don't think Dina liked the jock at all. No, the jock was third place. Hands down. That guy sucked. (laughs) Um, In the first question, Dina Martin says, there's something wrong with dating. What is it? And bachelor number one, the ski jock, says, Nothing. I completely disagree with you. Right. That If you start your introduction to a woman by saying, you're wrong, I disagree with you, you suck, you lose. And you're lying. You know there's something you don't like about dating. No. Come on, just be real. Yeah, he just couldn't think of something on the spot. Steve Martin, however, said, dating's the worst. You should meet like on a street corner with a flat tire or in a sewer or someplace like that. <laughs> And she was like, oh, that's good. That's mm-hmm. good. I Meanwhile, was like, Dina Martin's like, I want to party in the sewers with this guy. <laughs> Meanwhile, bachelor number three says, what's wrong with dating? Mothers. Ooh. Mothers always get in the way. And it was like, this competition is over. Get in the way of what exactly? Like, well, A, are you bringing your mom on a date because then you're doing it wrong? B, you're just saying that mom doesn't let you have sex on the first date, in which case, why am I listening to you continue to speak? <laughs> so Dina Martin obviously, with no hesitation, picks bachelor number two, Steve Martin, as the winner. Mm-hmm. She cites his answer. Uh, there was a question she asked. She said, what store would you want to stay in overnight if you had to pick a store? And, of course, ski jock is like, I'd stay in a, a ski shop. Uh, I'd love to look at the skis. He said, I'd like to imagine myself skiing all weekend by myself. Or with the girl of my choice. <laughs> I was like, ah. Uh, you know what? Why you're really you... not trying to win. You are phoning it in, bro. Go ahead. Go ski by yourself all weekend. <laughs> Let's make that dream come true for you. <laughs> but Steve Martin said, you know, my favorite store has always been a Goodwill. I'd love to stay there overnight and try on all the clothes and the ladies' hats and sleep on all the mattresses. <laughs> yeah, she thought and get something. She thought that was hilarious. She cited that as her reason for uh, for why she picked him at the end. Coincidentally, Bachelor th- number three, just for fun, said he would be locked in an Italian restaurant all night because it would remind him of his mother, who's Jewish. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then he ended it by saying, they cook with modern gas, you know. <laughs> yeah. And we were like, wow. oh, well, thank you for that information. Modern gas. I wanted to be like, look, a follow-up question would be, are you locked in with the cooks or not? Because otherwise, you're just locked in a restaurant where you can't eat anything. Mm. That sounds terrible. Can you cook? He didn't mention him if being able to cook. he could cook. He mentioned so his he would just call his mom if he was locked in an Italian restaurant and make her come cook with modern gas. Well, if you like products like modern gas, then you're going to love 
these words from our sponsors. Good segue, babe. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles, ready for next day installation, and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com, that's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Welcome back. So Dina's got bachelor number one, Mr. Ski Free. And Bachelor number three, a guy who has not stopped talking about mothers this entire time. So, easy answer here. Bachelor number two. <laughs> Steve said, Martin. It's got to be. Bachelor. She did say, it's got to be. <laughs> Please, God, Bachelor number two. They're like, sorry, he just ran off. <laughs> Can I opt out of meeting the other two guys? <laughs> They're no. going to touch me, aren't they? They did. And of course they, they did. Do. They always do. They're like, well, let's meet the guys who didn't pick. And they come out and they kiss her on the face <sighs> and they touch her back. Gross in any time, but especially during COVID, it was just like, why are you so close Oof. to her mouth right now? Oof. So Steve Martin gets picked by Dina Martin, and I swear 
this must have been in Dina Martin's contract before she agreed to come to the show. She was coming off a hot tour. She was already a big deal. This was a celebrity guest in their own right for them to get. And they win a trip to Portofino, Italy. Beautiful looking trip. They stay in this fancy hotel. Dina Martin and Steve Martin, honestly, notoriously tight-lipped about this trip. It's true. There is a couple times when she's been asked about it and she'll say, oh, it was fantastic. We had a really good time. We listened to this interview with her on a Life and Laughs podcast where she said he was adorable. She mentioned that it was really difficult to get there. She talked about multiple flights they had to take and then a train and then a taxi and everything. And she sounded like it was very tedious, but he made it really funny. And so she called it magic, fun and fabulous. How lucky was I to pick the right one? That's that's pretty much all we could find about her saying. And then he just said he won. Like, I, we haven't seen anything mm-hmm. about, about it. So we're going to pull into speculation station here real quick. Do you think that Dina Martin and Steve Martin got it on in Portofino, Italy? How could you not? I mean, look, each their own, obviously. But I'm saying if you get this incredible romantic trip fully paid for, you're two intelligent, attractive people. And we're like, we're here on a fling. You know, what? let's make the most of it. I feel like they definitely did. <laughs> I feel like she's like, it's magic and fabulous, and I'm not going to talk about it, but it was so fun and fabulous and magic, and he was adorable and fun and amazing, and I'm not going to talk about it, but it was amazing and fabulous. She's like, we had a really good time. So, yeah, how lucky were you? To pick the right one. How lucky were you, How Dina? lucky were you, Dina? How lucky was Steve? Who knows? We may never know. That's why it's a speculation station. We're not here to poke into their lives, Mm -hmm. okay? We are here to wildly fling around unfounded accusations, (laughs) and we are great at it. (laughs) And it's just, it's a nice idea, you know? I know. I I just like to think about them having a good time in Italy together. You like to think about them having a good time? I really like to think about it. Goodness. Yeah, that's 95% of (laughs) my Pornhub searches are all Dina Martin and Steve Martin cosplay (laughs) (laughs) videos. All right, so that's the dating game story, but what about Steve Martin's relationships moving on? Who won the dating game of Steve Martin? Who won Steve Martin's lonely heart? He dated Bernadette Peters. He dated Mary Tyler Moore. Jealous. Uh, So beautiful. In 1986, he got married to an actress named Victoria Tennant. They were apparently happily married, going good, going strong. In 1994, she left him for an Australian actor. Ouch. He was heartbroken. Yeah. He said he didn't see it coming. Everything seemed good. All of a sudden, painful breakup, kind of out of nowhere. But ultimately, then Steve Martin, he dated in Hollywood for a long time. It never seemed to work out. So he gets out of Hollywood. He met this woman, Anne Stringfield, who was a fact checker for The New Yorker. And she was assigned to one of his comedy pieces. And they actually talked on the phone for over a year before they actually ended up meeting in person. I think that's so cute because he probably, I mean, she knew who he was, of course, Mm because he's already famous by this time. But probably just such a real, you know, genuine connection. Now he he is twenty seven years older than her. I mean, so there's there's something there, but she's a um, but she's you know she was in her thirties, he was in his sixties. Uh, so I think if you're in your mid thirties, you can make pretty much any decision you want. Yeah, you can even run for president at that point. So what are you gonna do? <laughs> Let her date whoever she wants. Exactly, and they're happily married today. In fact, they married in two thousand seven as a surprise. At a house party they were having, and the guests there like Tom Hanks, and they had no idea there was going to be a wedding, and all of a sudden they stepped out and got married. I just picture April and Andy's wedding from Parks and Recreation, yes. but it's Steve Martin and Ann Stringfield, <laughs> and Tom Hanks is like, Tom Hanks Aziz is, Ansari is running Tom around Haverford, being like, yeah. <laughs> I want to be the best man. I got to give the best man a speech. <laughs> so 
in 2012, Steve Martin's 67, Anne Stringfield is 40, and they had a daughter. And they kept her a secret from the public for a year. It was until 2013 they announced they had a daughter. And then they kept her name quiet for a long time, too. In fact, I don't even know what her name was. Is, right? Is, yes. Not a tragedy is. coming up in this story, is there? Yes. <laughs> what her name was chosen as, I guess, was the past tense I was going for. Okay. Steve Martin gave an interview with Telegraph, and he said, When I was younger, I was selfish and focused on my career, but now I'm just hanging around the house playing with my daughter. It's great. Now, see, you know, just as a female person, I feel very jealous of this statement because women cannot do that. Yeah. We can't wait until we're 67 to have yeah. kids of our own. Do you know what I mean? Like, of course, you can adopt and so on. But that also becomes harder as you get older. So it's just such a male thing to be able to go. I already did the whole career thing. Now I'm old and I'm going to play with my kid. You know, that's not something Anne herself could have done. Right. much. I mean, I've, I guess there's some stories. There's isolated incidents of people having babies in their 60s or something. But sure, sure. it's pretty rare, pretty unusual. Yeah. Pretty hard to be a mom at 60, I feel. But yeah. I don't know. It was just something I was like, well, lucky you, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the, that's the Steve Martin story from the dating game on. Now, the dating game, there's even more craziness to the dating game that we could talk about. The, the producer, Chuck Barris, who started this, he wrote a book that was turned into a movie called Confessions of a Dangerous Mind, starring Sam Rockwell. I think George Clooney produced it. In Chuck Barris's own autobiography, he claims that the whole time he was doing the dating game and acting as a chaperone, flying these winners to different countries, he was an assassin for the CIA taking out targets with this TV show as his cover. Now, a friend of his and a co-producer, Andrew Lazar, said in this interview with The Hollywood Reporter that he doesn't think the book was 100% true, but he also thinks there's a lot of truth to the book. He said, look at all these different programs the CIA had set up. It's not outrageous to think they would have gone to a TV producer who was flying from country to country with different celebrities to maybe you know do a little espionage here and there. Probably not taking people out. But but maybe, you know, getting some info here and there, seeing what yeah, he can learn. trip to Portofino, Steve and Dina kept seeing little red dots on their chest and they didn't know where they were coming from. Where <laughs> all these lasers? That's why they're tight-lipped. They got some info. <gasps> oh, no. That's they why we don't hear anything. from Chuck. Oh, my God. We have to pull into Speculation Station. Maybe they were... They were made into agents and they had to make a connection. You know what I'm saying? Like they yes. had to meet someone in Portofino yes. and like pass along a message or like some fucking weird shit. We're like, maybe Steve Martin and Dina Martin were like Mr. and Mrs. Smith, like <gasps> spies in their own right. They got, this is where they got brought in and they just had this three week intense period where they were super spies. And it all went away after that. I love that thought because Steve Martin had some prop comedies. We just oh, yeah. Him pulling out giant sniper rifles. Oh, sure. Like the assassins are looking for him and they see him lying on the ground with an arrow through his head. And they're like, oh, I guess I already got him. I'll move on. And then Steve Martin gets up and he goes and he cracks a safe open. Works every time. Yeah. Plays the banjo. I can't, there's only one banjo song that ever comes to mind. Kermit? <laughs> okay, nope. <laughs> Two banjo songs ever come to mind. What do you think? Oh, dueling banjos. <laughs> Kermit. That was such a wholesome response, and I love it. <laughs> oh, that's the dating game. The story of the dating game. It's full of celebs, CIA agents. Uh, former, current, and future serial killers. Mm, that's not even all. 
the dating game was on for years. There's got to be a lot of interesting stories to come out of all that. If you were on the dating game, give us a call. Let us know your wild <laughs> story. <laughs> Actually, I, I would love to hear oh, yeah. if anybody listening to this was ever a game show contestant on the dating game or The Bachelor or anything like that. Uh, let us know what it was like because Please. I know a little bit about what reality TV is like. I worked on a couple Same. shows, but it is um, it is a whole other world in there. Very weird, surreal place, I think, to find love. But yeah. I would love to hear yeah, about yeah. that for Tell sure. us your successes, so your failures, uh, your nightmares uh, from your dating <laughs> show experience. Maybe it wasn't even that. Maybe, I mean, they do these things locally sometimes, you know, little uh, auctions and things like that. So just let us know your dating experiences uh, in, in contest form. Uh, let us know how it went. You know how to reach us. It's romance at iHeartRadio.com. Yeah, and we're on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Diana Might Boom. I'm at, oh great, it's Eli. And don't forget to follow and leave us a review and help us keep the show happening. That's right. All right, thanks, y'all. Thanks for tuning in. Bye. So long, friends, it's time to go. Thanks for listening to our show. Tell your friends, neighbors, uncles, and aunts to listen to our show, Ridiculous Romance. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles, ready for next day installation, and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air, and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action, and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah, and some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.